This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. Now, on with the show. This is Sam from Paradise Beers, and you're listening to PS Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Wendy Liebman explains how Howard Stern saved her on America's Got Talent. He used me as his wild card when he had a chance to bring one contestant back. I still have never met him. I'm trying to get on his show. Not that that this show isn't good. We'll hear more from Wendy in just a bit, including a story about a life-changing incident that inspired her to go on America's Got Talent in the first place. It's a very intense, very interesting just an overall great chat with Wendy. We have a double header of what kind of nonsense is that. Don't usually do two of those uh, in two weeks succession. But uh, we have a double header featuring Rush Limbaugh and Tim Scott, Republican senator from North Carolina. But first, as always, fake news. <laughs> And now, fake news with me. Lawmakers in Utah have proposed resuming the use of firing squads to carry out the death penalty if lethal injection drugs are not available. Meanwhile, Louisiana is considering using the guillotine in such cases, while death penalty proponents in Massachusetts have called for burning people at the stake. Bullets that are able to pierce police officers' protective vests will remain legal in the U.S. after a proposed ban met with fierce opposition from gun rights activists this past week. The activists pointed out that such ammunition is necessary as many deer, bear, and other game animals now wear Kevlar vests. The GOP is facing fierce blowback after 47 Republican senators took the unusual step of writing an open letter to Iran's leaders warning that any nuclear deal reached with U.S. President Barack Obama could be short-lived unless Congress approves. Conservative pundits were quick to point out that in 1983, Democratic Senator Ted Kennedy sent a letter to Soviet leader Yuri Andropov offering him to help negotiate with President Reagan. Democrats responded by asking Republicans, hey, look, if Ted Kennedy drove off a bridge, uh, oh, wait a second. It's terrible. Hillary Clinton says she wishes she had two separate email accounts during her time as U.S. Secretary of State. Mrs. Clinton was responding to the controversy surrounding the news that she only used a private email account as America's top diplomat. In a news conference to address the issue, Mrs. Clinton also said she had destroyed some 30,000 personal emails from that time, but most of them were from a Nigerian prince. The chief executive of the U.S. city of Ferguson, Missouri, has resigned after a federal report alleged widespread racial bias in the city, police department, and court systems. As Ferguson city manager John Shaw, 39, held the legal power to make personnel and policy changes in the police department. Shaw plans to become a consultant for the Sigma Alpha Epsilon fraternity. And finally, a newly released report on the plane crash that landed Harrison Ford in the hospital has shed light on the critical decision Ford made as a single-engine World War II-era plane began to fall. The black box on the plane reveals that Ford came out of hyperspace into an asteroid field that wasn't on any of the charts. And that's been Fake News with me. We normally don't do these things two weeks in a row, but uh, we have a special double header of... What kind of nonsense is that? Rush Limbaugh's worried. So are his callers. Now, my question, I know I'll sound like a kook. A caller to the Rush Limbaugh show sounding like a kook? <laughs> Go on, sir. Uh, 
assuming that the, the Democrats can't come up with anybody decent to win the presidency, and the powers that, that push Obama's buttons tell him to stay... Okay, so basically his question to Rush is, uh, how are we going to keep Obama from running for a, uh, a, a third term, or staying in for a third term, despite the obvious that we have an amendment that bars that? Rush will set him straight, maybe... Well, let's put, let's 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 put this in a scenario because some some of you might be thinking, all right, Rush. Now this is we're going too far. Now I mean, all you guys thinking Obama's doing this and that, and he's violating the Constitution, but he would never. Well, let's construct a scenario. So Russia goes on for about five minutes and concocts this crazy, insane scenario that basically says that if a Republican wins or if it looks like a Democrat's not going, or some crazy nonsense like that, that Obama will just refuse to leave and nobody will make him go. Like the Supreme Court, the fact we have an, an amendment that says that he has to go, no one's going to say, well, you have to go now, Mr. Obama. Your term is up, and uh, this person has won the presidency. So you have to, and he's not going to, Obama's not going to go. He's just not going to do it. And, uh, and since he's not going to do it, well, what are the Republicans going to do? <laughs> Listen to this. I think the odds are the Republicans might call an emergency constitutional convention and amend the 22nd Amendment, permitting Obama to do this because their fear of being critical of Obama would destroy their chances of winning with the independents. These knuckleheads can't even agree on keeping the government running, for God's sake. They're going to go to a constitutional amendment and change that and replace Good grief, Rush. What kind of nonsense is that? Second half of our doubleheader comes from uh, Newsbusters Busted, uh, the Media Research Council, doing the little uh, or research center, doing little air quotes under research uh, as I'm saying that, and something called CNS that they're affiliated with, I guess some kind of conservative news service. Anyway, they, uh, the headline from the conservative news service uh, site, Senator Tim Scott, race relations in neutral position since Obama presidency. And basically he's on Face the Nation. They ask him you know, how race relations are. Uh, since Obama took office, and he says this. I, I would say that we've had probably a, a neutral position on on progressing from a racial perspective in America over the last few years. And this is supposed to be some sort of smoking gun that, aha! But um, he also has uh, this kind of interesting fact to say. Now, uh, remember, Tim Scott is black. He is a senator from North Carolina, and he points out this. Look at current history, the current state today. Nikki Haley is the governor of South Carolina. She is an Indian American. I was elected statewide uh, to the United States Senate by the voters of South Carolina, and I was first elected to Congress at the home, the start of the Civil War. Now, Nikki Haley, born Nimrata Nikki Radhawa Haley, uh, or actually born Nimrata Nikki Radhawa, and then Haley is her married name, and Nikki is actually part of her name, N-I-K-K-I-E, born to Sikh parents. Uh, who emigrated to this country, uh, I guess, back a while ago. Anyway, um, okay, so it's here's the thing. I've only heard Nikki Haley talk before. I don't watch a lot of uh, video. I don't have cable news anymore. So most of what I, uh, news I get, I either read or I hear. I don't see a lot of it. So I've never really seen Nikki Haley, and I've only heard it. So uh, if I'm a voter in the Carolinas, I may be in the same position, and I can't imagine a more white girl name than Nikki and Haley. Now, I know it's her married name, Haley, and Nikki is actually part of her real name. She did, It's not like a nickname or something that she picked up in college. I mean, her name is really Nikki Haley, but still, if you're a voter in North Carolina and you see Nikki Haley and you've never seen the woman, hmm, 
What's the first image that pops into your mind? And Tim Scott, it's not his fault his name is Tim Scott. It's his name, Tim Scott. You know, it's a, it's a nice waspy sounding name, but it's, it's, that's his name. And I also, um, I, I appreciate his, you know, if you can't beat him, join him attitude. I'm not one of these people that thinks, oh, if you're a black guy and you're a Republican, you're crazy. Well, if you go along with today's Republicans, you're crazy. I don't think uh, 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 liking conservative principles and free market and things like that, like real conservative principles, not the crazy nonsense ones that they're touting these days, that's fine. He probably says that's the best way to help uh, everybody in his state. So uh, so maybe, I guess in that case, I sh- on myself, I should be calling a... What kind of nonsense is that? But it just seemed like an odd thing to say, considering it's Tim Scott and it's Nikki Haley and it's North Carolina and all the things we know about North Carolina. And that's all. Wendy Liebman's a stand-up comedian you've seen, oh, anywhere you've seen stand-up comedy, quite frankly, at the late-night talk shows, Comedy Central, uh, cable specials on Showtime, and I've been a big fan of hers for years and years and years. This is her second time on the show. It's always good to talk to Wendy Liebman. Okay, joining us on PF Tape Recorder is the return of Wendy Liebman. Wendy, how you doing? I'm so good. How are you? Great. It's good to talk to you again. Um, I guess a, a good place to start, as always, is uh, what's new with you? Because it's been uh, almost two years since we last spoke. Well, since I saw you, I was on the television show America's Got Talent. I have That's a little right. cold right now, which is yeah. why I sound nasal. Yeah, we I were, apologize. Um, we were rooting for you. That's in fact uh, when I, I know on Facebook, uh, a lot of your friends said, "Hey, vote for Wendy," and then so you know we got the word out too and and shared the, the the post and all that. So okay, yeah, I remember that. I I wish I could thank everybody personally. I had so much fun on that show, and I met amazing, talented people. I met people who could walk on their hands with a dog on their feet. That's, uh, I can't even walk in heel high heels unless <laughs> I have a spotter and some training heels. <laughs> so, um, how did that turn out? I, uh, I mean, what did, how what was the final result? Well, I did not win, but I did come in the top twenty-four. I was a semifinalist, and partly because Howard Stern called me back. Now, I've never met Howard Stern, oh. but I have been a big fan um, for years and having him I don't know I feel vindicated a little bit that he thought I was funny or Uh, talented and so he used me as his wild card when he had a chance to bring one contestant back so I still have never met him I'm trying to get on his show not that not that this show isn't good yeah yeah I think I think you'd get a lot more listeners uh, if you're if you're on Howard's show to to be certain um Wow, that's that's terrific! Yeah, well, you know, you know, Howard's got a is a he's a good judge of comedy. I think I, you know, I uh, that that would bode well for you. I mean, even that he has Robin um, on his show, his sidekick. Yes, I think that's genius too because I really enjoy her and they play well together. So, um, but I met the magician who won. His name is Matt Franco. He's from Rhode Island. And he could not be nicer, more gracious, humble, and so talented. You're like, how did he do that? Hmm. 
ever seen Magician, you're like, oh, no, there's no possible way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there was that show on, I don't know if you saw it over the, uh, it was here over the summer, it was on in Britain uh, in first run a couple of years ago. It was Penn and Teller, and they went over to England and challenged these British magicians to fool them and say, if, if, we, if we can't tell how you've done this trick, you can come and open for us at the Rio in Las Vegas. It was a great show. I think it's, and I think they reran it over a Christmas break. It's called uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us. And so um, were they able to tell how they were all done? No. There were, I would say on an average, about one magician, uh, they usually got to three or four magicians got to perform on each show. And Jonathan Ross, uh, the, uh, the, the, um, the radio presenter, as they say in England, uh, he hosted it. And uh, th- they would get like three or four magicians on per show. And usually, at least one of them could fool Penn and Teller. There was one episode where none of them did. And then I think there was an episode where two of, of the four did. And, uh, yeah, they would sit and discuss the, uh, they would do the trick. And then Penn and Teller would sit and discuss for about five minutes. And then Jonathan Ross would say, okay, you guys had enough time to chat. What, what do you think? And then they would walk up to the magician and sometimes whisper to them because they didn't want the audience to know and say, was it like this? And the person would say yes or no. And, uh, yeah, they, some people got to go. Some, wow. Yeah, it was really cool. Well, I, last night I was watching Modern Family and Ken Gillette was one of, oh. uh, he was in an episode. Oh, okay, I got that on the DVR. I got to check that out. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. we we met those guys after their show and at the Rio because they they meet all the fans afterwards and man they're super nice. Well, I did one of their shows. They had a variety show out of Las Vegas probably sixteen years ago, and I performed on it. So oh. I met them. They're both great, and it's so weird to hear Teller. I was just talk. gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, because my wife got a. You had to decide which one you wanted to get your picture taken with. So my wife got her picture taken with Penn, and I got my picture taken with uh, Teller. And I, you know, I told, oh, you know, my, my dad is a, a huge fan of your guys' too. And I, I, he did a, uh, an essay on NPR a couple of months before that. And I said, well, it's, it's just hear, weird to hear your voice. And he said a lot of people say that. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, well, speaking of modern family, my yes. friend Amy Anderson, who's from Minnesota, um, her daughter plays Lily, the okay. oh, um, wow. daughter of Cam yeah. and Mitchell. Oh, wow. And her daughter's real name is Aubrey. Anyway, Amy's a comedian, and I believe she started in Minnesota, but we have um, done a few shows together, and she's great. But it's just so weird that her daughter is just... yeah discovered overnight basically yeah when uh aubrey when she was she discovered or did she was she a working young actress and just tried out for this no i think she um maybe she had done some print ads i'm not sure okay Hmm. don't quote me on that all right but amy who is a comedian and an actress has an agent and i think okay the it came through their desk that they were looking to replace um, Lily, who was a baby, who were they were twins, I think. And um, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because I think when you're that little, you have to like the Olsen twins. Right. Yeah, I was telling my daughter about that the other day. That because um, uh, she watches a, she was telling me about a Disney show she was watching where they showed it's called Live and Maddie, and this but it's one girl that she plays both roles, and she says, oh, they right. show how they do it with a computer and stuff. I said, well, you know, in the old days. She goes, yeah. Wouldn't it be, she said they must do it that way because wouldn't it be hard to find twins 
for that role. And I said, well, in the old days, they did that because, of course, the sweet life of Zach and Cody is actual twins. But I told her, you know, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen only played one person when they started out acting. So, Right. And then there's the movie um, Parent Trap. Oh, yeah, that's right. Where first it was Haley Mills and then it was... Lindsay Lohan. Um, what's her name? Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan, that's yeah. right. Um, and they played twins. Yeah. I mean, not together. It was two different movies. Right, right. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, from our childhood, uh, Bewitched and Sabrina, where the first I ever saw were Elizabeth Montgomery had to play both her and her sister. And uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then there were two Darrens. <laughs> that's right, but separately. <laughs> Completely separate of each other. They should have had those guys on together. That, People although, had like real strong opinions about the second Darren. They do, yeah. That's really, it's really. I odd. never cared. No, it didn't matter to me. I wasn't a huge fan of the show anyway. I do remember it was on. Uh, I would come home from for lunch from school in fourth or fifth grade, and ABC would show the reruns at eleven thirty in the morning, and that was a big treat to be able to watch TV and have lunch, and then you know walk back to school. But uh, yeah, I, I was never. I was only allowed an hour of TV. Oh man. What, and so I would beg my mother to let me stay up and watch The Monkees. Oh, wow. And since then, I have met two of The Monkees. Oh, I met those guys. They did a concert here at our zoo a couple of years ago. Uh, when they no, were... they didn't. Yeah, it was, this is, but this is years ago. This is after we moved here. But that's this... ironic. Yeah, so in 96, and Mickey Dolenz had just written that book, that uh, his biography. So it was him, right. Davey, and I think it was the three. Because I know Mike didn't tour for years with them. So I think we saw the three of the four of them. I'm thinking for some reason maybe Peter... No, Peter Tork was with them because someone later told me that Peter Tork couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. So I know he was there because <laughs> people were very mean to him about his voice. I don't think and that's he, true. I don't think um, that's true either. And he was the nicest guy. Uh, uh, Mickey Dolan's a bit aloof, quite frankly. But nice. Mickey is a... He, I went to his wedding. Oh, wow. Mm. His third wedding. But he's still friends uh, with um, his ex-wives. Actually, one passed away recently, Samantha oh. Dolans, who is Amy Dolans' mom. Oh. But um, I got to meet Davy Jones. Now, Davy Jones was my childhood. I think everybody has a childhood crush. Yes. And I loved Davy Jones so much. I was 42 at the time. No, I was... Um, Six or seven. And I remember telling my mother and she bought me the Davy Jones costume to wear on Halloween. And I remember saying, I don't want to be Davy Jones. I want to be with Davy Jones. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm like six or seven. Yeah, yeah. So... And um, anyway, cut to I'm at Mickey Jones's wedding probably 12 years ago, 11 years ago. And I got to meet Davy Jones and he, you know what? He just didn't do it for me anymore. Really? Wow. Well, it's been a long time. But I love Mickey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says, I had one celebrity crush, I guess when I was 11 or 12, it was a gal. She was in the new Mickey Mouse club. And uh, just the other day, I don't know why I, I decided to look. I guess I, I heard them talking about it on TV or something, and I, I decided to look up in IMBD or and see what she's been doing. Well, she's left acting, but uh, her name was Kelly Parsons. Looked up uh, pictures of her to see what she looked like today, and of course, old pictures of her come up too. 
And oh my God, I didn't realize till I saw the pictures, she looks exactly like pictures of my wife from the exact same time. <gasps> How weird is that? I was going to ask you if your wife cared. No, I didn't. You were googling another woman. No, no she didn't. She, she didn't know. No, nor do I think she would care. Plus, uh, actually, I actually should tell that. I keep forgetting to tell that story. That my because uh, she who she had Sean Cassidy was one of hers. I know. And um, oh, her big one was um, uh, from Taxi. Bobby Wheeler. Um, and my girls were watching Grease the other night. Uh, uh, Jeff Conaway. That's her big crush from when she was a kid. I can see that. Yeah. I'm trying to think who mine was. Well, it was Davy Jones, but um, yeah, I already told you that. But um, yeah. I think I also liked the Partridge family, but I didn't like the Cassidy kid. I liked um, Danny Bonaducci. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was so funny. Well, yeah, yeah. He was, he was, a, he was an operator, as they say. <laughs> he was so funny. I guess I um, liked the funny after Davey oh well, that makes Jones. sense. Yeah, and well, Davy J- Davy was funny too. Of course, being part of the monkeys, you know the the That's famous true. story how that that the first pilot of the monkeys bombed, and then to 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 try to resurrect it, they shot interview footage of the four of them and inserted it in the episode for the network executives, and then it tested really well. And there's that famous clip I of Davy. I did Davey. not know that. Yeah, there's a famous clip of Davy. They say uh, the off camera, this guy says, "Oh, what kind of noise do you make, man?" And Davy goes, oh, "I'll make a terrible noise." And everybody thought that was just hilarious, you know, and then they were really off the cuff, and, and that, that saved the show. And that's how they got it sold. Wow. Well, I do know that Jimi Hendrix opened for the Monkees yes, once in concert. Yes. Famously got booed off the stage. Right. <laughs> to the horror of Mickey Dolan's, uh, particularly. He was so embarrassed. They just, they just wanted to hear the Monkees. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, that they've been... Not they, but people have petitioned to get them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, I guess they aren't considered real musicians, even though they really are. Oh, yeah. Um, Mickey has a new CD out um, of old songs and new songs. It's really beautiful. Yeah. He sounds better than ever. Oh yeah, a lot. Of, um, it's strange how that happens with the guys. They 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 learn to sing and you know improve their vote you know voice over the years to really, you know, and and voices a lot of times get even better and stronger. I was amazed watching the Saturday Night Live 40th reunion show. How funny and talented everybody still is. Oh yeah, I was really we were laughing for three hours, three and a half hours. Did you see it? No, I didn't. Um, I'm gonna. They're gonna rerun it, it on the DVR at though. So, so it's so funny. Tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. I debated, but you know, I didn't. I, you know, with, without Denny Dillon and Joe Piscopo, what's the point? <laughs> no, Joe Piscopo was in. Oh, it. was he on it? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, because that guy has gotten a raw deal. Denny Dillon. <laughs> I, I was don't trying remember to remember Denny. She was that in the season that Gil Godfrey was on, and uh, Charles Rocket. The first season without the original cast. In 1980, uh, the Dick produced uh, season. Uh. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember watching Richard Pryor on my black and white TV in my, on, sitting on my shag carpet. Actually, wow. I wasn't sitting. I was standing because I, I could not believe what I was watching. It was the funniest thing I had ever seen in my life. It's like the world stood still, and I I couldn't wait for the next week, not realizing that it was diff- going to be a different host. Oh, but I think wow. it was the second episode of Saturday Night Live, 
1975 and I was 14 and it changed my, it rocked my world. Wow. It really did. That and Elton John's Saturday Night, All Right for Fighting. Yeah. Two, two Saturday Night things changed your life. There you go. Um, so I was going to say, you're, you're still a big music person, of course, because you do the radio show uh, with your buddy Terry Nunn. Well, we haven't. We stopped doing it after two years. Oh, okay. I thought it was still But on. I still, actually, her brother is over at the house right now working on a project with my husband about music. Everybody's musical. Um, my father-in-law was musical. That's he right. wrote a lot of the music for Disney yeah. with his brother, the Sherman Brothers. Yep. My stepsons are musical. One of them is just now recording his first CD. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he's amazing. A singer-songwriter, kind of like um, Elliot Smith meets okay. Paul McCartney. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And his name is Alex Sherman. And um, my other stepson teaches himself how to play classical music off of YouTube. Oh, it's funny you should say that. My daughter downloads karaoke tracks off of YouTube and then uses Audacity, which is what we're recording this interview on right now, to uh, hey, sing Hey, why over not? That. Yeah. So. Right? Yeah. So I'm not doing the radio anymore, but I am doing a podcast. I met a woman on America's Got Talent. Her name is Rachel Butera, and she used to be a writer, copywriter for Medco in New Jersey, and then one day she heard on Howard Stern that they were having a contest for impersonations, ah. and it's something she had done her entire life, and she won out of, like, thousands of people. Oh, wow. She, I know. She does, like, John Rivers and Whoopi Goldberg oh, cool. and I love a good New York and Wanda, and oh. um, she's just amazing, oh, and wow. she does... Um, just some voiceovers and cartoons out here. Anyway, so we met on America's Got Talent. It was just zeitgeist. So now we are doing a podcast called Wendy and Rachel Save the World. And we've recorded some. We haven't launched it yet. Okay. Because we're still, um, you need a logo. <laughs> Isn't that the silliest thing. It's not silly. Oh, I, got, I guess it's a way to identify the show. Right, right. I got hung up on the name. That's the thing that probably I stayed up nights over going, what am I going to call this thing? Because once, once you name it, yeah, that's it. And, and people seem to like the name. I have now, of course, hate it. But, um, but, but, but I love the name of your podcast. That's, that's, that's brilliant. Well, we'll probably hate it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Pardo was talking about that on his podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, how he hates Never Not Funny. And everyone around him is like, oh, no, no, it's great. It's, and it is. That's, 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 that's the perfect name for that show. But I guess they were saying, you, know, you hear well, it so many times. You eventually know. call it Wendy and Rachel. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's pretty safe. Yeah. yeah. Save so, the world. And but we're not really going to save the world. Well, maybe you we will one podcast at a time. There you go. You never know what, what, what could happen. Um, speaking of Wanda, you kind of were, uh, were you officially recruiting people for Last Comic Standing or were you just sell because I know some people mentioned and I talked to uh, some guy from Minnesota I can't remember which one if it was now but he said that, yes yes he said that uh, yeah this one comedian from California who knew uh, Wanda and he wouldn't I said well I'll, I'll cut it out who was it and he says Wendy and I know Wendy I love Wendy and uh, yeah so were you like actively recruiting people or you just happened to see him and say hey you know what there's this thing going on you should be a part of it I think it was just one of these weird 
um, coincidences in life where the one of the producers wrote to me and said, do you know anybody who might want to audition? And I was in at Acme okay. um, at the time. And so then I just started, I don't want to say funneling, because that sounds like a lot of people, but yeah. I recommended a handful of people to them, and they took me seriously, which they should. Sure, absolutely. I, I see so many great comedians, and yeah. so many great ones are in Minnesota. So um, I think they're doing another season of it. Yeah, I think they uh, they they put it on hold, though. They had a, Who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody who is trying out, and they flew them to New York, but then said, but well, we're going to hold off for a couple of months so uh, before they move forward with it. And I don't know why that was. I don't remember who that was, actually, that told me that. Uh, gotta Can go. I just tell you, I cannot believe anything ever gets done. <laughs> yeah, it's Ever. Like, yeah. Like, when just a movie alone, I cannot believe oh, yeah. that... I mean, I guess when there's money involved, when you're paying people... But to coordinate armies of people to do stuff. I know, it's crazy. Amazing. Yeah, and then you look at people like Steven Spielberg who've made like, what, 30 films or something crazy like that. And you're like, how do you do that 30 times? I mean, just to get one done or a book even for that matter, just a book. I, I, I know. It just baffles me, yeah. Um, so what are you talking about on stage these days? On stage right now, I am... Getting more honest, and just I like talking to the audience a lot. Oh, uh, okay. And then I talk about my dogs. Oh, uh, okay. So you asked what happened in three years. So I told you I was on America's Got Talent. Yep. And before that, a couple of months before that, not to be like Debbie Downer, but right. my husband and I were at a stoplight with six other cars, five other cars. On a Saturday night at eleven ten, not that I remember yeah. exactly, but something like that. And um, a car going ninety miles bowled into all of us. Oh, oh my god! And we were all totaled, and nobody was hurt except one woman died. Ooh! And as a result. I said to myself, I have to get back out there and do my life's purpose, full throttle. And that's one of the things that compelled me to do America's Got Talent, even though oh. I've been doing this for 30 years. Yeah. I just felt like I needed a little more exposure. And that was one way to do it. Hmm. So um, as a result, my husband was somewhat traumatized because he saw the woman go. Oh, wow. And I know, heavy, right? Yeah. Heavy. So, um, my husband's extraordinary. He got to know her family because he was the last person that saw her and they oh, were yeah. all curious. And, um, so one day he was walking and he walked in front of a pet adoption and it was on the sidewalk and this dog came and sat on his foot. And my husband fell in love with this dog and it became like this therapy dog. And um, he's, we adopted him and his name is JJ. And I know it sounds silly, but if you have a pet 
or something that you love, um, you'll understand that he kind of saved us yeah. from that trauma. And uh, anyway, he's sitting at the he's sitting at my feet right now. Wow, he's so cute. That's an amazing story. He's getting story. fat though. No, huh. don't cry. He's getting fat. Huh. <laughs> he needs Jenny dog. Do they have Jenny <laughs> dog or overfeed your dogs anonymous? My dog is so freaking fat. Goodness. Well, I know he's, because food well is love. I was gonna say he's well loved. There you go. Wow. He's well loved, but I need to take better care of him. Like I've been trying to take better care of myself, like eating healthier. I have to say, when I eat healthier, I feel so much hungrier. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's really what's happened to me since I've seen you. You got married since I saw you, right? No, we've I've been married for twenty-two years, and oh yeah. You may think the other guy, Brian Miller, uh, maybe he got, because he's a lot younger than me. And I'm in Cincinnati, and he's, he's actually, he's in actual Minnesota. And in fact, uh, right, at the end of April, I will have known my wife exactly 30 years. What? I know. Send condolence cards to 801. <laughs> <laughs> have you friended her on Facebook yet? Uh, she unfriends me occasionally for my political rantings, but I can't help myself. So My husband says I complete him. Well, I finish his sentences. Yeah. Sentences. Yeah. Sentences. I, yeah. Yeah. That's like the old... 30 years? Yeah. Where did you meet? Uh, we met in uh, college. In fact, I, I changed it to my profile pic today. We took a picture up there uh, when we visited up there a couple summers ago. Um, I actually knew her brother first, and uh, I was working at the radio station, college radio station, coming up to do my show at midnight. Uh, he and his buddies were doing a, a hardcore punk and oi show uh, that ended at midnight, and she was up visiting him. And, uh, and I was like, oh, hey, Joe, what's up? Oh, yeah, this is my sister, Patty. And, and I, I was just thunderstruck. I had never seen a prettier face in my entire life. And the whole, yeah. the whole next the whole weekend, I was like, I hope I'll run into her again. I hope I'll run into her again. And she doesn't believe the story at all, but it's absolutely true. <gasps> yeah. So. And she hates when well, I now, tell it. And she hates when I remind her. Was that, it love at first sight for her, too? Uh, she thought I was some kind of rebelling uh, Republican kid because I had like a Tom Bailey ponytail like he used to have back in the day from Thompson Twins. And uh, only, <laughs> only later to find out that was not the case. But um, yeah, she was infatuated for, oh, all of maybe a week or so. And then, uh, but then she figured out what, a, what an idiot I was and it took me a while to, to, to win her. Because I, I was convinced she thought I was a, a dope. So it took a while for it. To, we were friends for a long time and then it, uh, and then it finally took. So... Um, I, I fell in love at first sight. Oh yeah. I believe you, uh, you, you've, uh, I've forgotten the story though. I think you told the very first time I spoke to you, you had mentioned this. Um, my husband was hired to write a sitcom for me. Oh. And I walked and I walked into where I was supposed to meet him and he couldn't stand up because his legs were wobbling because he was also, it was love at first sight for us both. Wow. Now we're not so sure. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> there you go. That's my wife would say. There you go. You guys are kindred spirits. Um, it was just, I knew he was my husband. Wow. It was com- It was complicated. He yeah. was still married, but he was, he was already separated, like yeah, starting yeah. divorce. I didn't make him get a divorce. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so, but yeah, I know it's, fairy tale like when things like that happen and you go well it happened to me yeah exactly so well there you go 
Well, uh, I, I think that's a good good place to, to wrap things up. I uh, appreciate you taking the time today. Um, and again, as always, I hope we get to see you down here in Cincinnati. Have you been in Cincinnati? Like, I think you were here once, like a long time ago, I seem to recall. Yes, I was there once. Okay. And a friend of mine, Lowell, lives down there, but he, he lived in California, but he was from down there. Okay. So he, I get a text saying that he had friends there. Could they come backstage? Oh. At the club, so yeah. I opened the door, and it was him. It was my friend. He was just joking with me, and I said, "What are you doing here, Lowell?" He said, "No, I'm Joel. I'm Lowell's twin brother." <laughs> but he didn't have. It was really him. He flew from California to oh, Cincinnati. Wow, that's to so surprised funny. me. Wow. <laughs> No, no, he's a good friend, but he's from Cincinnati. Yes, I can't wait to get back there. Cool. Well, we'll get you some ink here as well, and uh, the podcast will go up in a couple of weeks. We'll be looking on the lookout for yours, and uh, we'll link folks to that when it comes out because that's always you know good to have a good podcast on hand. Thank you so much. I also have a DVD on Amazon called oh, Taller on TV. Okay. Cool. Even taller on TV. Uh, okay. Well, we'll link to that as well, and uh, yeah, and send folks over to Amazon to grab that. And uh, well, great. It was great talking again, Wendy. Always enjoy it. Thank you so much. Have a great afternoon. Yeah. You too. Bye bye. Thanks again to Wendy Liebman for being on the show. You can catch Wendy March 20th and 21st at the Governor's Comedy Club in Levittown, New York. You can also catch her at Sidesquitters in Tampa Bay, Florida, June 25th through 28th. For all Wendy Liebman tour dates and other info about Wendy, you can go to wendyliebman.com. How easy is that? Okay, the usual credits, original music composed and performed by Doug O'Connor and John Veropoulos with a little help from me. PS tape recorder logo designed by Dan Coble. And you can listen to Dan and Megan's uh, Queen's Gambit podcast. I talk about the TV show Arrow. I believe it's the queensgambitpodcast.com. We have a link to it on the website, uh, pfradio.podbean.com. Or just search for it in iTunes, the Queen's Gambit. You can find it that way. Or on Stitcher, I believe they're on as well. Don't know if they're in I or in uh, TuneIn yet, like we are. But um, I'll make sure that they get into that so we, you can find it anywhere that you need it. Uh, let me see. Anything else to cover here? Um, we've been playing some tunes at the end of the show lately, like some hot, you know, like kind of the... Zane Lowe, hottest record in the world kind of thing. But by the way, Zane Lowe off to work for Apple now, off of BBC One. Annie Mack has taken over. Great choice there. Hugh Stevens would have been a good choice too. But anyway, um, uh, I guess we're going to kind of do that for the next couple of weeks here because uh, there's some great new tunes coming out. San Francisco's got a new record coming out. Uh, we're big fans of theirs. Uh, it's out in Australia. It should be out in North America and Europe soon. Meanwhile, another uh, band we are huge fans of, The Vaccines, have a new record out. Their new single is Handsome. This is the hottest record in the world on PF Tape Recorder right now, and it's going to play us out. So long and thanks for listening. Oh,